Danka. You're thinking Danka, not Danka. Well, guten Tag just means good day. Yes. Okay. Danka Tag means thank you. Sandra, I'll slap you. Oh, she's going to slap me. Oh. <laughs> wow. She's going to slap me. I'm in big trouble. Oh, you know. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the mayhem <laughs> with Tevin Pittman. Alex Brant Bernard Rasmussen. Uh, Andy Brant Bernard. Brant. Oh, right. Okay. Are you the kids? Wow. Yeah. We never told them. What's your name? Fun. What's your name? Sage. Sage. <laughs> there you go. What did you, you say when you walked in, Sage? What did you say when I walked in? Butts. <laughs> wow. Right. Wow. No, Michael oh, Bryant walked in and Michael Sage went, Call! Brian, we've been telling we've been telling Bob Bob to call you for months and months, for months and months. It is true. All right, we're going to take a break. Coming right back, Dennis Smith, ladies and gentlemen, candidate for Attorney General. Ah. Oh, apparently, Fawn's very excited about that. Dennis, that was Sage. Sage. Sage's Sage. headphones flew off. Oh, it was yeah. Sage. Okay, it's Sage was very excited. Head. We'll be right back. Kick things off with Dennis Smith right after this. You want to do a live ad? Sure. All right. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant. It's getting to be spring. We got temperatures going up and down, which means we still got ice on the roads at times, especially in the morning. So the key is slow down, just get you there so that you get there safe and other people get safe and everybody's fine as far as that works out. That's the plan. So give yourself time and slow down. Brad Sean Bryant. I love it. <laughs> Back in the saddle again. We're back in the saddle again. Okay, Gene Autry, what's that all about? Well, after our normal break, Coon Rapids Nissan and Walzer Nissan are back on the air with 10 months of terrible commercials. Ever think of hiring a copywriter? Pat's pretty good. Hey, we're selling cars, not carpets. Anyways, too expensive. Check out our new press release. This just in, Burnsville Nissan and Coon Rapids Nissan have started out 2022 as the number one and number two dealers in the state of Minnesota. Jason Leckler has been quoted as saying, this is the year I bump off Dan Resch. He studied animal husbandry for crying out loud. Dan replied with, blow it, J-Lo. What do you think? Mm, maybe you should hire a copywriter. Cool that they're leading the sales race, though. That's good. Yeah, it's actually more than good. Because they were so dominant last year, we've earned more than our fair share of new Nissans. We have 40 Altimas available for March and 120 Rogues. Check out the huge selection of Nissans at Burnsville Nissan and Coon Rapids Nissan. Hey folks, Brian Zepp here. Spring is gearing up, and if you're like me, you've already got the itch to hit the road. Make sure you and your motorcycle are ready with Dennis Kirk. Whatever you ride, Harley, Indian, metric cruiser, or sport bike, you'll find what you need at DennisKirk.com. They've got 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets too. Order before 8 p.m. and they ship the same day. Plus, shipping is free for orders over 89 bucks. Get in gear and head to DennisKirk.com. Take it from Zepp. They ship today. This is our lazy version of rocking out. Yep. What do you think? I agree. Low tempo. We like it. Ladies and gentlemen, Dennis Smith, our special guest. Good morning, Dennis. Whoops. Oh, is Dennis with us? There we go. You got him. I Yes. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Dennis Smith, candidate for attorney general, announcing the Sex and Labor Trafficking Task Force. What's that all about, Dennis? Are we finally going to get rid of uh, 
people, uh, sex trafficking and drug trafficking and all the other trafficking that we hate so much? Yeah, we sure need to. And it's clear that our current attorney general doesn't care about this issue. Um, huh. he, he's, he hasn't worked on it in three and a half years and being in office and information. I mean, it's, it's so egregious that the information on the website is a couple of years out of date. So um, we're fourth highest in the country for uh, sex and human trafficking. It's an unacceptable uh, statistic for our state. Is that because um, of the Mall of America or is that just because Minnesota is, you know, not so great at this? Yeah, the, the mall is on the list for the reasons, but it's yep. lower. Oh. Um, it's the, the oil pipeline industry in North Dakota is an attributing factor, as well as our international waters to the north and to the east. And also all of our Great Lakes that we all love so much of, they're used in this capacity nefariously as well. Why is it that no one seems to care about this issue? Great, great question. And um, um, I think it's because there is a, it's, it's a, a part of the community where it doesn't get a lot of attention um, and that, uh, that people are viewed as as you know, it's like if something happens and, you know, if it, if, if it happens where it just it just doesn't get a lot of attention. And I'm not sure why the media doesn't treat it the way that they should, um, but they don't. And we're that's the reason we announced this task force, because we need to bring this issue forward. Um, we cannot let our youth and our young adults um, uh, be treated this way. This is unacceptable. You see, Dennis, that's the number one thing. We're talking about very, very young people, in some cases, extremely young people, correct? Very vulnerable people. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, uh, single digit age children, um, as oh. well as something something that's, you know, that's interesting is that it is uh, 40 percent male, 60 percent female um, that are involved in uh, in human and sex labor trafficking. So it's it impacts our entire society and our state is better than that, and we cannot stand for this, which is why I created this task force to bring attention to the issue. So when I'm attorney general, we will solve this problem. So is this kids that are trafficked out of Minnesota or kids being trafficked through Minnesota? Both. So why yep. didn't, with the federal prosecutor that we had, um, the woman that was the federal prosecutor, that was that was an issue. I mean, she had a big background in dealing with sexual assault victims and in trafficking issues. So wasn't uh, didn't she do some of the things when she was federal prosecutor? Yes, yes certainly um, certain elements of our um, uh, law enforcement and uh, legal community have done some things about this issue. Um, my my issue is really with the attorney general that should be leading the charge on this. And it's clear that our attorney general just is not. Um, and you, you have a very powerful megaphone and you really could bring a lot of attention to this issue and bring the necessary resources together, which is really what you need to do. Um, you need to be able to work together uh, with all the different agencies. And this is a complex problem in order to get everyone working on the same way to actually make a dent into this issue. So, Dennis, how does this happen? Do these people go in? Look, I grew up in North Minneapolis, so there were prostitutes living in my neighborhood. And I remember when I'd get up, wake up really early and just go sit on the front stoop, I'd see these women coming home and they all looked bedraggled and their makeup was running and all the rest of it. And it was all extremely depressing, even as a little, little boy. What? How does this happen? Can't you find someone to love? I mean, come on. Right. I've never understood the whole idea of I, I need to pay you to have sex. I don't get that at all. Yeah, that 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 
that is a, a complex um, issue, I think, and, yeah. and one yeah. that, um, that I, I don't I don't understand either. And in my in my concern though is that we have these people that are trapped, that are, are literally kidnapped, and then they right. are drugged, and they are you know they, they're they're put in this life. And and you talk about the um, the the ones that you see or you know that you saw when you were growing up, and the the, the predominant issue is with these ones that we don't see that are held captive inside fish houses on our lakes right. um in international waters um you know or in you know uh, hotel rooms and you know places that um that are not very well uh, traveled and don't get a lot of uh you know a lot of eyes on them from the general public you know dennis i don't want to give anybody any good leads or anything but i wouldn't know the first thing about trying to find somebody to have sex with going through a, a human trafficker how, how do how do people even know how to do this I think it's one of those things where if you're if you're a criminal and you're in the industry, um, you know how to do it. Oh, okay. And so that's what yeah, it is. Right. Yes, because this isn't an issue that is in our suburbs or our cities, um, you know, that the people are partaking in. It is the uh, part of the uh, transient workforce that is a part of it, um, the oil pipeline, um, and then also, um, you know, the illegal activities in general that um, that are, that are you know, like the gangs and um, those groups of people that are yeah. doing that yeah. are... Know that are leading that. I mean, the horrible term back in the day was when it was mostly over the road trucking and all that stuff. The lot lizards, which is wasn't exactly a compliment for the young ladies and young men working in that business, but it's it's been around forever. Uh, well, how much of the problem do you think is denial? Because I think a lot of people pretend that it's not happening, which in, in mm-hmm. Minnesota especially loves to pretend things aren't happening. Well, that's a great point. And we, we, you know, occasionally we hear about someone and this happens a lot on on our on our with a Native American community where mm-hmm. a Native American a person will go missing and every it makes news for a day. And then everyone's like, huh, I wonder what happened. And then the next day or the next, you know, in three hours, we have a news, a new news cycle. And and then that issue just kind of gets forgotten about. That's also and then, true. Yes, exactly. Yep. So, so it's denial that it happens. It's it, once it happens, we are so conditioned to have a new news mm-hmm. cycle, you know, every three hours that um, we need someone who's going to fight for our people, is going to fight for every single Minnesotan, and I will do that when I'm Attorney General. And you mentioned like Native Americans that go missing, and kind of mentioned the lakes. Like I've heard that up in the like the Great Lakes, there's like an astronomical of especially like Native people that will get put on ships and then they get sent out to sea and it's like nobody really knows whose jurisdiction it is mm-hmm. and so it kind of gets caught up in like a, I guess like a paperwork mess or whatever that process is. Like what I guess would you do to kind of solve that and is there any truth to kind of how what happens when people get put on ships and sent out? Yes, no, that that is a good example of how um, what is happening in this um, illegal activity right now. And, and that's why it's going to take a leader who's able to work with a lot of complex groups to solve this problem because of all the different agencies would needed to be, that need to be involved to, to solve the, the situation you're describing. When you go into international waters and you have the Coast Guard um, and you have the, um, the, uh, the other country, you know, so it's, it is um, important that you have someone who can bring all those different resources together and direct them and lead them. And that's not happening right now, which is why it's continuing to be such a big issue. You know, Dennis, the people, as far as I'm concerned, it would not be the, obviously, the young people, young men, young women, you said as young as as children, they need, I've always thought this, and I've talked to people over the years about it, it's the people who go out and pay for these, for sex with these other people, 
I think we should just hammer them to the wall. If they weren't around, this wouldn't happen. In other words, if they wouldn't pay money to have sex with somebody they don't even know, this would not happen because they couldn't make any money doing it, right? No, you're exactly right. I mean, this this market exists, unfortunately, because there's two elements um, that we need to shut down. Number one is the people that are making it possible, that are attaining these people illegally, right. holding them against their against their will. And then it's the people that are paying for this service. So you're right. Both of those elements, if we hammer them with the full might of the law, something this attorney general has not been doing. But if we do that, that will solve this problem because no one signs up for this. No matter how much um, hard luck someone has encountered, no matter how bad of a day someone is having you know, the wrong track of someone's life, um, the, the studies show um, almost universally that no one chooses this lifestyle. They are forced mm -hmm. into this um, you know, by these nefarious characters. And we need to protect our fellow Minnesotans. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's the people who go out and do the kidnapping, but it's also these people who will pay money to have sex with somebody they don't even know. It, I don't know what the charge is now. Michael Bryant, maybe you know. You know, if you get caught with a hooker, you don't do any jail time, do oh, you? Well, they actually added a civil penalty to it. Oh, good. And good. Uh, they, uh, make them, they were making them go through classes that were pr very expensive. So, um, so they have done a number of things to to um, uh, affect, you know, those charges. Um, and uh, in comparison, it's actually got some extra penalties in it, you know, Good. compared to other things that people do um, as far as that goes. The, 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 there was a lot of discussion at one point about uh, in Hennepin County about trying to work on trying to make it so that if they did bust one of these leaders, they could make it so that the funds that they got with it could be could go into compensation for the people that were being trafficked um and that bill didn't get passed um but there's been various attempts at this it, it, it there's so many levels to this international national you know that's the that's the problem but um you know any efforts that's being done is for the better i'm glad to hear that yeah exactly yeah the um every minnesotan deserves to be protected um, and clearly we're not doing that right now. And the fact that we are fourth highest in the country is just absolutely unacceptable. And why do you think that is? I am assuming number one, two, and three would be New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles. Or is that not correct? Yeah, no, that's um, um, there's been some movement with the other uh, with the other locations, but no, you're 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 correct in regard to where the the largest um, Perpetrators um, come from with the biggest with the biggest numbers, but isn't it Texas? Um, um, yeah, you know, actually, um, you, you're right. I think it is Texas along with the other two. Yeah, um, one of the border states because a big part of oh, this sure. is the labor. Sure, is the labor trafficking? Mm -hmm. Is that um, we're having the um, the uh, the cartels from Central uh, America uh, bring people to the country and force them into um, you know this this forced labor. Um, and that's an element of this that is not talked about in the press very often. Um, and it's the same way of the enforcement. We need to, um, you know, not punish the people doing it, but we need to, you know, the, the companies that are paying for this as well as mm -hmm. um, the organizers of it. So uh, penalizing the companies <clears throat> is going to be hard. Um because of of a combination of nobody else to do some of those jobs and at the same time 
who they are and who owns those companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that'll be a, an interesting discussion. Sure. You know, it will be. I mean, but that's analogous to um, the, you know, the proverbial John or the person who hires the uh, for sex worker, um, you know, the, you know, uh, hammering that person or hammering that company. If there's no need in the market, um, then, you know, then, you know, then this issue will, you know, will go away. Um, and, you know, the companies are, um, they need to be held responsible for their part in this. Mm-hmm. Now, what the companies will say, uh, invariably, um, they say that, well, we didn't know that these people were being held against their own will. Mm-hmm. And if they can sure. demonstrate that, then certainly the companies should not be held accountable. That's different than if it's engaging in, you know, in sex trafficking, where it's more obvious if they're against their will or not. Um, and, and we do have a workforce issue in our state, but this is just this does highlight that it's a complicated problem and we need to uh, put the resources behind it um, to solve it, which it is a solvable problem um, because every Minnesotan deserves that we solve this problem. I agree with you. Nobody wants that in their in their state, in their county, in their neighborhood. You don't want this around. I mean, it's just look at the the. the, the the things that all these people have been through. Some have been kidnapped. Some have been told, oh, I, I'm in love with you, but I'm broke, so I need you to go turn a couple of tricks so we can get some money. I mean, I heard all that stuff when I was a kid, and I, I went, you actually are falling for that? I'm a little boy, and I know better than to fall for that. Um, it, it, the whole thing is just so sad to me. The whole idea of prostitution, that you have such a low opinion of yourself, you have to spend money to have sex. I mean, you got to... You can't have a very good self-image, I wouldn't think, if you're doing that. Or maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't. I don't knowing about it. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair assessment. And I think the um, the the clients in this case are often engaged in illegal activity themselves. So the yeah, you know, the yeah. morality of them has been in question for quite some time. Well, some of them are in so young and so abused to begin with that I, that's what they're taught. And that's that's the it's like they start off at such a, a far yeah. level and getting them someplace safe and getting them into educational systems and getting them, you know, there it does a lot towards, you know, opening their future up. Um, but, you know, with with some circumstances, that's that's the hook they use on them. Right. No, indeed. In fact, they they are able to put those hooks in them because they have lost hope. And, you know, similar to the crime, there's a lot of similarities with the crime issues that we're having in Minneapolis and throughout our state is the people committing these crimes, these young, you know, teenage uh, children, is that they've lost hope in their future. So if you take away hope from a child, um, then they will turn, um, you know, to these, you know, to, to a life of crime because they feel like they have no other option. Yeah, that makes total sense. Uh, Dennis, you can stay with us. We need to take a quick break. You can stay with us for another 10, 15 minutes. Does that work for you? That sounds great. Thank you. Okay, well, I need a favor from you, though, before we go to break. You know the young man that asked you the question about the uh, Native Americans on the ship? Yes. Okay, well, this is his last show with us. He's going on to another job. So could I get him deported if you become uh, the attorney general? Um, yes, absolutely, we can make that. <laughs> Tevin, you're out. That's all I have to Tevin is out. <laughs> is that okay with you if I, if I get you arrested instead of? 
Or just I'm, have you deported. I mean, I might pull a Will Smith and, and walk up on stage as you're announcing something and, and slap you oh, in the face one time. But <laughs> We're going to talk about that before this oh, is over. Yeah. I can guarantee you that. Holy Hannah. We'll be right back. More with Dennis Smith. Dennis Smith, uh, candidate for attorney general, DennisSmith.org. It's Dennis as in Dennis, Smith as in Smith. One word, DennisSmith.org. We'll be right back. The 2022 Bloomington Boat Show is here and going on now. Get out of the cold and into a 25,000-square-foot heated showroom at Dan Southside Marine. A huge inventory of boats means the best deals of the year. Over 60 boats on display from Premier, Avalon, Berkshire, Alumacraft, and more. Explore what's new for 2022 at the Bloomington Boat Show at Dan Southside Marine. Six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington. Visit bloomingtonboatshow.com. Tom here, and I'm talking with Brad Huckle and Mike Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked before about how working with a community bank like North American Banking Company can benefit business owners. Do you have an example you could share with our listeners? Our customers at Homeco Insulation and Blaine have been banking with a big bank for many years, but suddenly their calls weren't getting returned and their banker was unresponsive to their business needs. You can imagine their frustration. They had a successful business, wanted to expand, and their bank cut them off. They were ready to move on from their big bank. When they were referred to us, we knew they wanted to work with a community bank that would be responsive and would take the time to understand their business and its needs. That sounds like a perfect fit. I know it can always reach out and not only talk to an actual person, but I'm talking to an experienced lender. They've told us the same thing, Tommy. Look, I know Brad and Mike and I trust them with my banking. My whole family does. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience member fdic and equal housing lender you all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in mike lindell to give you a great night's sleep mike's latest incredible deal is on the giza dream sheets which you've heard me rave about before that's for sure these sheets are made from the world's best cotton giza they are ultra soft and breathable yet extremely durable right now the giza dream sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. All right, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a very successful show so far. We've gotten Tevin Pittman deported <laughs> as soon as the show is back over. Back to Wisconsin for you. No, back to no, Wisconsin. Any, anything but that. <laughs> oh, 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 well, Tevin. No did, offense to No, today, today is your last day, isn't it, Tevin? Uh, yeah, last day, like, regularly being on, probably. The hell is this show when you want to? <laughs> like, with a random... Yep. Just, you, know. you sell 10 cars, you get to go home early. Right? <laughs> you yeah, the there you go. Dennis, just to explain it, Tevin uh, is an old friend. I've known you, what, about eight years now, seven years, something like that? Uh, yeah, something like that. Because you were working at the House of Comedy, right? Yeah, right. yes, it's probably only about eight years. Well, the show's been on for, well, in eight, August it's going to be ten. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, probably. Seven, eight years I've known this man, and... Now he's just abandoning me, Dennis. I don't know what to tell you. I, I tried to do do a good by him, but he just he turns his back on me, walks out the door. You know. Well, I think I think the punishment time of deportation seems appropriate for his time. <laughs> Kevin doesn't seem deport. excited. He doesn't seem excited about being deported. I'm going to pay very close attention to this attorney general race to see if I need to go into hiding or not. <laughs> Is there a such thing as being deported to another state? 
<laughs> extradited. I don't know if I've ever you heard. You get of that. extradited to other states. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like when you're not welcome back here. Yeah, can they? Yeah, can they be like you're not coming into Minnesota well, there, ever again? Get there's the actually out. people yeah. that have gotten criminal charges that have agreed as part of the charge to never come back. Oh, that's, interesting. interesting. That's that's been part of the you know plea. Huh. I, I don't know how that would stand up constitutionally, but you know it's it's. It, it has been involved in some agreements. And Fair I know enough. some people can't, like, I had a friend that got a speeding ticket in Wisconsin, and they weren't allowed to drive in Wisconsin for six oh, months. Oh, yeah. Mm. Drive the speeding ticket. Go speed somewhere else. Yeah, go <laughs> speed. Yeah, I love that. Go somewhere Not else. my problem anymore. Get the yeah. yeah. and do it. Oh, that's hilarious. Dennis Smith with us, ladies and gentlemen. He's a candidate for attorney general. Now, where did you grow up, Dennis? I grew up in White Bear Lake. Um, my father Ooh. was a milkman, and I spent my youth um, going, uh, helping him on his milk truck. Um, he raised me as a single father, and I spent countless hours, uh, days it felt like, in his milk truck, bringing the milk up to the, um, you know, to the door, putting the milk in the milk box. You guys remember the milkman? I do, but I, I don't, don't think anybody else does. <laughs> I do. Yeah, well, I mean, they're, they're still in Rhode Island, actually. Oh, are they? Yeah, well, really. It's so small, it's yeah. like one milkman for the whole state. Well, not the whole state. But there's, <laughs> there's still trucks that drive around and deliver milk in Rhode Island. He just walks See, I both, love that. He just walks both blocks that Rhode Island has. <laughs> and they yeah. did have the white uniforms with the white hat too back when I was a kid. Yeah, well, I mean, out in, we grew up in Dayton. Yeah. I mean, even in the '50s, they probably didn't have a milkman in Dayton. No. It'd be like an no. hour in between got, houses. Had the cow outside. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> just, just go milk the cow. Yeah. Go milk your cow. You're yeah. in. Uh-huh. You're good to go. Um, is there one general area, Dennis, in the state of Minnesota where most of these women, like you said, uh, we have to watch our borders. There's no question about that. Is there one specific area? I, I would assume it would be the Minneapolis-St. Paul area because there are three and a half million, almost four million people here. So is that where all the... As they used to say, the good pickings are for finding women to do this or stealing yes, yep. women to do this. Yep. No, that is true. And then also um, a close second is the from the Native American community. Um, God, that's, and, that's amazing. Yep. Yeah. And why is that? Why the Native American community? Um, I think it comes to the issue when we talked earlier about not having hope for the future and being very vulnerable. Oh, I um, see. Yeah. Yep. And also, I think a, a candid a reality is that when something happens on a reservation uh, to a Native American uh, person, it um, it's not doesn't receive the same level of news um, as if it happened, in, right. uh, You know, to your, to your neighbor or mine, Tom. It, it just is there any study out there looking at the mind of a, a man who would or a woman woman who would do something like this go abduct somebody's child? I mean, how can you get beyond how horrible that is and commit a crime like that? I don't get that at all. Yeah, and you, um, I mean, it's hard to get there. I mean, but you look at yeah, you know, it's, it's exactly the same as you know we we've had so many you know the other issue that we're facing with the attorney general race is all the crime and all the the shootings yeah. record number of shootings last year and and some of the uh, most egregious cases of the 8-year-old girl that was shot in the backyard in her trampoline um or you know people being shot openly down the road as they're driving down in their car um someone that would commit a crime like that against innocent people is the same type of mindset um, that we're dealing with that are people that are involved in this type of criminal activity. 
God, it just amazes me how, how one person can think the way they do. I, I, how do you convince yourself? Are you so desperate you just convince yourself that you're doing a good thing for you and everyone else? I mean, do they actually believe that's true? Yeah, I, th- I think they do because they the yeah. um, the, the gang. So um, I'm working a lot with within Minneapolis, and we I've created an internship program uh, for North Minneapolis kids to work in the campaign. Um, it's a part of giving them hope that there is a future um, for them. And while the educational system and while they'll be able to go to school tomorrow, um, that you know they feel has largely failed them, especially during COVID. And you look at the graduation rates, but mm-hmm. they um, they. Don't they don't feel like they have anything uh, to live for in their future. So they are, um, kids are being recruited as early as nine years old in the, uh, in gangs in Minneapolis, in St. Paul um, today, nine year olds are being recruited. And so they don't have a family structure at home to give them the love and support that many of us were fortunate to receive when we grew up. So they don't get any love or support at home. And then they're being recruited by their friends that they there's a lot of fast money in these gangs. So they they see um, shiny objects and they think that they want to be a part of it. And then they get that love and support from these gangs. So they create a family type atmosphere where the initially the acts that they need to do to be a come to become a part of the gang or to stay a part of it. They initially they become numb to what they're doing because they think it's for the greater good of their own family. Yeah, I suppose that does make sense. I, I, I just, uh, the whole thing just amazed well, I do remember, and look, I, I'm pretty much a centrist in politics. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I just look at things, you know, what we're talking about, it just popped into my brain right now. I, I could not even believe it as a, I think I was 12 years old when it happened, 12 or 13 at, at, at the top, when the federal government, so that would have been all of them, uh, stepped forward and said, hey, we got a great idea. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to give welfare to inner city families. Only the fathers can't live in the house with them if they get it. I thought to myself, I'm 12, and I went, are you out of your mind doing that? Look what they created. Look at the problems they caused by doing that. You took the father out of the household. Are you insane? Yeah, I mean, right? government, yeah, exactly. Government comes up with programs all the time to try to engineer and create behaviors that are beneficial to society. And in some right. aspects, you, you can get behind it. Like if you buy a house, your cost of living is less than if you live in an apartment. You could say it's not fair, but the government says, well, we want you to buy a house. It promotes stability. Right. We want you to, you know, then a builder has a job and then all the different you know components around it. And it creates more of a stable society. But in that particular case, you're right. The federal government has missed the mark because they're trying to destabilize our society. Right. I just, I, even as a little boy, I went, what are you thinking? It just proved to me at 12, 11, 12, 13 years old, whatever I was, these people don't know a damn thing about us. They have no, I'm talking about poor people in poor neighborhoods throughout America. They have no idea how it really got. And I don't care about skin color. Black, white, we talked about Native American, of course, Spanish people living in the neighborhood. Uh, And we didn't have any, well, we might have had a couple, but not very many Asians lived in North Minneapolis when I grew up there. But I remember when that all passed, we looked at each other like, are they insane? They want the fathers to leave this neighborhood and leave children and women to fend for themselves and defend themselves. What are you thinking? Right. I will never forget that. Yeah, and, and all, all the studies show that the more loving support, uh, regardless yep. of your family structure, the more loving support around our children, 
um, gives them the, the you know the best uh, you know breeding ground for them to become contributing members of society in a legal way. It's common sense, but the yep. cycle of, you know it becomes generational, and we you know that that is a part of the solution at a much grander scale. Well, it is. Well, and, and again, I mean, you're on a show. Uh, my wife, Catherine, is on it. Our son, Andy, and our daughter, Alex. And I'm here to tell you that if it wasn't for Catherine pick up the slack where I am as a father, I mean, I don't know how our kids would have done. It's all true. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine raising Ethan by myself. No, Oh, thank can you imagine you. that? <clears throat> I know. Can you imagine raising a little baby by yourself? Yeah, that would be not That would be fun. a tough road to hoe. Do you think, Dennis, and everybody else on the show I'm asking this question, do you think we will ever understand that we don't know one another? I can't tell you how somebody who lives out in, you know, Whispering Acres, rich people land. I don't know how they live. I've never lived there. And I'm not saying they're bad people, but I am admitting up front, I don't know how that life is lived, just like they don't know how life is lived in the inner city. Why do we, can we ever stop pretending we know exactly what's going on? Because they have no clue, none. <clears throat> I, I don't think, um, I think in order for that to happen, it, it's going to create something that this, we need to do something that this campaign is doing, where we stop and we listen to people, like genuinely yeah. listen to people. And, and I've been traveling the state, I've been in 80 counties since last June when my campaign launched. And I've been listening to all sorts of people um, of, of every walk of life in that are Minnesotan and asking them about what their challenges are, what their concerns are. Um, and when you stop and listen and break through all of the noise, the, the issues are largely the same as to what the concerns are. But it takes someone with the skill set that I have that I'm willing to do, which is why we're going to win this race for attorney general, because we're listening to all Minnesotans and we're pulling everybody into um, into the campaign. We want everyone to be on the same side that that we need to understand where people are coming from. Um, and it's such a basic thing in regard to uh, human um, involvement with each other. But so few people actually do it. And the technology of the day doesn't help that where no one wants to talk. Everyone wants to text. And we have all these great social media platforms. But it gets away from people just talking to people. Are you going for yep. the endorsement or are you going to go all the way to the primary? Um, I'm going to the primary. Um, when I initially uh, started the campaign last June uh, 1st, um, I, would, I announced that I was seeking the endorsement of the Republican Party as well as going to the primary. I was open and uh, candid about that um, because this race is just too important. We've lost, our endorsed candidates have lost 25 elections in a row in Minnesota, and we haven't won the attorney general race specifically in 56 years. Um, and then just before the uh, just before the uh, endorsement process started, the party insiders uh, spoke up and they, they picked their candidate, which always works out really well for them. I mean, it's worked out well the last 25 times. Um, so I am uh, foregoing the, the endorsement process and I'm going uh, directly to the, uh, to the primary. Again, you can go to DennisSmith.org. That's one word, Dennis Smith. Spell Dennis and spelled Smith. DennisSmith.org. Dennis, thanks for your time. I, I love uh, the fact that people might eventually understand. Uh, well, on this morning's morning show, I said two people I don't believe. That would be politicians and, let me think, oh, yeah, Hollywood people. <laughs> so there well, you yeah. go. <laughs> there you have it. So we, we got to get our stuff together and stop treating people as a vote rather than a person. Yes. And, and most politicians, you're just nothing but a vote. So it's glad I'm glad to hear that you actually care about this, Dennis. It's great. Yeah, thank, 
Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Have a great Absolutely. day, everyone. You too, Dennis. Thank you. Dennis Smith, ladies and gentlemen, candidate for attorney general. So. Yeah, I've never understood the lack of interest in this topic. I know. It's denial, I swear. That's real weird. Yeah, I I always thought when more and more women got in political offices that this kind of thing would be on the front burner, not in some closet someplace. No, it turns out self-centered narcissism, uh, it goes through the gender line. I guess so. I could have asked him to deport Michael Bryant, too, and I forgot. Right. Damn it! Right back to Portugal with you. Yep. <laughs> right. I want to go to Portugal. Iberian. That's <laughs> all we know. It's kind of poor right now. That's why it's called what, Portugal. Portugal? <laughs> oh, here we oh. go. <laughs> no, but seriously, oh, they're not doing very well right now. I thought they Portugal, were doing great. I thought they were doing great now. No, what happened? Their economy is uh, in real trouble. Because well, of COVID. So is ours, so. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. the thing. Yes. A lot of places' so, economy is in real trouble. But, yeah, they got hit very well. Portugal relies a lot on tourism. It's like, you know, Hawaii, that kind of thing. Yeah. Places that yeah. are like half their economy has to be based on tourism. So, you know, you kill tourism for two years and, you well, know. that's true. Yeah. So, yeah, there's no, a lot of issues over there true. right now. Uh, do you think, everybody on the show today, do you think that we're going to be able to move a little closer together um, than we are now? Or is it just going to stay so far separated we're never going to agree on anything? It just gives dirtbags the opportunity to take advantage of both Democrats and Republicans. We're we're letting them take advantage of us by not coming together. Well, everything's smoke and mirrors. Don't look over here while I'm doing this over here. So it just, I don't think anything's going to change personally. No, I mean... Not until we get, not unless a, we get more political parties involved. That's the yeah. only, to me. That's the only way is to somehow break up this monopoly. That would help, yes, even just a third party would be great. How about the Iberian party, Michael? What do you think? Yeah, yep. I don't know. Uh, they don't be so fired up over there. Okay, <laughs> what the hell? Yep. <laughs> goes, yep. 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 He's disagreeing without disagreeing. No, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I, I was just trying to think through. I, 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 I think things are very different over the last uh, six to ten years. I mean, you know, just <clears throat> things that happen now today that that just I don't think we could even thought of. You know, yeah. before, and so there's yeah. a certain difference in the ways that things are going on. That that. Um, it's a, I don't know, I, I, I don't think it's the same anymore, and that's the problem is, mm-hmm. you know, there's a group of people that want to go back to what it was, and there's a group of people that want it to go to something that's different, and I, that part of it I'm, I'm far more concerned about than the idea that things just don't change. I think so the 90s, do. 90s minus the murder, that would be the idea. 90s society. minus the murder. Because, yeah, the 90s had yeah. a lot of murder in it. They did, yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. didn't know because I was a kid, but, you know, still. Yeah, that was I a very high rate of murder at that point. It was the highest in uh, American history. Yeah. Or yeah. recorded, recorded American history, mostly gangs. Yeah. Oh. It was all almost gang all violence, gang activity. Yeah. Well, God, I yeah. mean, in the 90s, the Bloods and the Crips were household names. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, they were everywhere. <laughs> Devin, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Oh, MS-13 gang or cartel out of, like, Mexico was huge back then. Yeah. I was reading something the other day about a woman in a wheelchair, and she was talking about how, what terminology you should use because people say wheelchair bound, and you're supposed to say wheelchair user. Anyway, mm-hmm. and she's like, news. I can go to voicemail. I don't 
hot tip from your neighborhood crip. I was like, I know you're trying to say cripple, like, yeah, crip, don't, like don't but I'm like, <laughs> I think most crip. people just kind of think yeah, of the gay, which like, yeah, this just absolutely. isn't, that didn't work well. And I love how she's trying to tell people, like, the correct terminology to use. And then, and then she, calls she calls herself, herself a, crip. a crip. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah, wrong on multiple that. levels. Great. Yeah. My favorite uh, chart that you can find online is, uh, so you remember Occupy Wall Street? Yeah. Mm -hmm. There was a movement, 2011, I think it was. A bunch of people got together and basically said, you know, let's uh, take down the corporatocracy, et cetera, et cetera. Whether or not you believe in it is irrelevant. What is interesting, 2011, there is a spike, I think it's like decoupled, where the media suddenly started talking about racism and white supremacy and we all need to right, focus very right. hard on race as soon as occupy wall street started the media pivoted hard on the race thing and they haven't stopped since That's because true. the media didn't want the attention on them and the people who owned them so they mm. sowed Ooh. division yep to get people to fight amongst each other and it worked extremely well media's never been richer although it looks like it's going to be changing soon they don't figure themselves out. What are they down to? I think Fox is at number one with 18 viewers. So <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. about it. No, I can't. I cannot watch those shows for more than about five minutes anymore. I just can't do it. It's just bullshit. You don't watch the five. Or wait, no, I do not watch the five. The five. I, have no idea. I think it's the five. It's, it's at five o'clock. Get it? See, so get it? Oh, uh, five o'clock Eastern. I didn't know that. Get it? Oh. I know. I, it's got that one guy. To it's one guy. Gutfeld, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, Gutfeld. Or is, I have no he, idea. is he someone else? I don't, I don't think know. he's funny. No, he's on that thing. I don't know not what you're my, talking about. Not my favorite. What are you, fun. bored? Oh. You're, who are you, Candace now? You're no. yawning on the show Sage like Candace. Sage has been great. sleeping very poorly lately. Tough up. Suck it up. Have. Yeah, get woken up five times a night for two weeks, and then if you yawn, I'll yell at you. <laughs> she can watch I'm Dragnet. even. <laughs> yeah, you should watch Dragnet with me. Yeah. You know, we. I got a... You don't know what Dragnet is? No. Oh my God! I know what Dragnet is. Wow. Well, it's a little. It sounds like Dragnet is well before my time. They drag a net. That is a thing. Dragnet is a police. Oh, with the fat woman, but she's not fat. No. No. Yeah. In the yes. Yes. Dragnet. I was talking about how there was a character on there that yes, last week. Yes, that was Dragnet. Yes, you're correct. A dragnet is a police tactic where basically. It's yes. like a fishing net, except for they're looking for criminal. a criminal or something. Or speech. Had a great or... line on there again this morning. Yeah. What was you the great line? We got I love it. Okay. <clears throat> so uh, they're looking for this woman who's been kidnapped, and they <clears throat> think it's a rich guy that's kidnapped her, and, you know, that they're going to track him down, right? <clears throat> now, they didn't say it was Holmby Hills or Beverly Hills or whatever, but it, it was the hills of Los Angeles. Not exactly poor areas, no matter if it's Homeby or, or you know, the Bel Airs of the world or Beverly Hills or whatever, right? They go into this, uh, the hills in Los Angeles looking for this rich guy. They pull up to this gigantic about 20 by 35 foot gate and a, about a 10 foot fence surrounding about five acres of property. They pull up and it's about an eight to 10,000 square foot house. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, this house is spectacularly beautiful. They go in to interview the guy, and the thing is just inside's even nicer than the outside. And when the guy goes to get uh, another person in the house, Harry Morgan turns to Jack Webb and says, 
What do you th- think of this house? Isn't this unbelievable? This place has got to be worth at least a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> He's not wrong. Oh, if I could tell oh, it, if I could tra- transport back in time. Well, even, even uh, adjusted for inflation, uh, that would be about a million dollars, which is still way low for that area. Oh, right? Way, way low. low. Yeah. <clears throat> way, way, way too low. That house had to be at least $15, 20000000 million, probably sure. more than that where it was. Well, that's what happens oh, when the population increases, you know, by that much. <clears throat> yeah, More that's population true. means more land demand. I love that show, though, whether it's... You know, she's homely and fat, or this mansion is worth a hundred thousand dollars. It's just a different, completely different era. You are I actually like comparing into the most old man. That's no, such, no, no, a, no, no, such no. a rapid pace. No, no, it's no. like I called, alarming. I called him at quarter to five this morning. He was like, "Well, Dragnet's on." It's like he's oh, watching his stories. <laughs> it's like my grandma shows. watching the Golden Girls or yeah, something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, he really? Just, so, well, it's you like, can have a little picnic on it's, Tommy's it's back nice here. It's nice to watch shows that you can relate to. <laughs> so like, I told him what, what would happen, and he said, "Oh well, I've got it in, on." He had it. Uh, he had it paused so he'd be able to I watch. I didn't have it paused. Wouldn't want to miss a second. Yeah, you have to rewind it. To when <laughs> yeah, on the VHS. VHS. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, you do. But in any case, here's uh, the deal. The reason I, I watch all these shows is I look back. There is no way, no way, a show today would say, well, "Thank you so much." My 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 daughter is homely and fat. No, there is no, no way they would say that. No. There was also a bunch of cops standing around at the police station. <laughs> And a black officer walks in, goes over to the water cooler, and a guy goes, you can't use that. <laughs> he starts laughing. He was kidding. But would people see that as a joke today, Tevin? Uh, no, they'd get slapped across the face I, on a I stage. Think the la- yeah, I think the last, like, which water fountain are you allowed to use joke I heard in a show was in Psych. And that was probably, like... That was early 2000s, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. And they pulled it off well, so, you know, it all depends <laughs> on... You can do it. Probably one of my favorite TV, comedic television scenes mm-hmm. of all time. Hmm. Psych, yeah. great show, underrated. It was a good show. Psych was a very good show, no doubt about it. But I do compare, I, I what I try to show people is, look how much better we've got. There are still people that go, we haven't gotten any better, it's just as bad as it's always been. In some cases, it's even worse. No, no, it's a lot better than it used to be. Yes. We were watching it's an old movie. In ways, yeah. Yeah. Different in ways, yeah. We were watching an old movie the other night. You're very into black and white. I am film lately, I actually like watching. Well, no, I mean, I, well, I actually there's I I like watching some of them too. But this one was this woman was at a bar. She walks into a bar and the bartender's like, "I can't serve you," and he she says, "Why not?" She says, "We don't serve single women in bars." <laughs> and the manager came over to kick her out because kicked her out. Yeah. It's yep. not, we're not that kind of place. Yeah. I mean, she was just oh, <laughs> at a bar getting a drink. Well, that's not a very like, good business model. Well, that, yeah, well, that's like no. I've, Bridgerton in that show, which was set in the 1800s. Yeah. It's like if a man and a woman are found in a room together and the man was touching the woman at mm-hmm. all, they have to get married. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely. Like, <laughs> like, what? There was limitations on bartenders, I think, in the cities at one point. Uh, for that unmarried women couldn't be bartenders 
could right. be unmarried in the bar. Women. Unmarried women. Yeah. And, but and, married women can be bartenders. Well, yeah, because they're safe. Someone explain this. They're, yeah. they're safe yeah, no. from... Yeah, well, because guys don't hit on married girls. <laughs> oh, they don't? Yeah. Okay, never. Oh, they don't. I don't know that. But, yeah, yeah it's, it's, okay. it's crazy when you look at some of those things out there. It's it's it's, it's nuts. No. I mean, you know. I feel like single women are the most successful bartenders now. Yeah, well. Yeah, or just yeah. Whip, yeah, yeah, women in Yeah, just women. It just was so funny. I mean, when he said that, we're just like, what? <laughs> what was that movie from? Was it the 40s or the 50s? Do you uh, remember? 57. 57. <laughs> yes, it was 1957. Wow. Not that long ago, really. Well, Way to keep great, up with the times, you two. I'm proud of you. Broderick, funny. Broderick Crawford had the, had the, the guy had the great line because Broderick Crawford was an FBI agent undercover. And he goes... You gotta help me get a job over at the foundry. I need to be working with you metal workers over there. You gotta get me in, man. I need a job. The guy goes, "What are you so worked up about this this job for? What's that all about?" He goes, oh, "I don't know, man. I, I love hard work." And there was a pause, and the other guy goes, "I thought you told me you were Irish." <laughs> Which I thought was phenomenal. Oh, the idle Irish. The idle Irish who don't like to work. I mean, everybody took a punch back in those days. That is true. I feel like... like Chris Rock. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Andy doesn't know what happened. Oh, no. And I wouldn't... Chris Rock. I wouldn't know either, but my friend text messaged me last night, and she's like, are you watching the Oscars? So this Oscar person, who is he? Yeah. Right. Why don't we take a break and come back and lead off? Because Tevin, I'm sure, is going to want to get involved, because he already said somebody wanted to punch me, so I I don't know (laughs) what I did. I don't think we have Kostaki on, so... No. No, we don't. Well, there you go. Yeah. All right, we'll be right back in a few minutes with the family. 